Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. Hopefully you had a good Easter holiday. Spent time with family within reason. Maybe did a Zoom conference. A couple of my friends or Jewish, and they were doing Seder Zoom conferences, which is kind of a new twist on an old thing. Welcome to the 21st century, and welcome to investing and living in the world of COVID-19. We seem to be getting through the upfront bad news. I think you could say two things about the bad news on COVID. Um, the healthcare issues and then the financial issues. And again, I'm not trying to devalue life or anything like that, but I'm a guy who talks about the financial side. We seem to be through the worst of the front end. How many people are going to get infected and how many people are going to die? And I don't know whether it's conspiracy theory or what have you, but the numbers that we were rejecting two weeks ago seem to be going down as far as expectations. And again, I'm not doing a show on that. I'm going to do a show on... Is the bell ringing for the rich people versus the average Americans? I'm going to do a show on where can you invest in the long term. We're up 30% from recent bottoms. Did you expect it to bounce that far that fast? Do you feel like, uh uh-oh, what if it keeps going up? Over the weekend, there were some developments, as there typically are. And typically, that's why Fridays have been weak in the last few months is because we're worried about the negative developments. Like I said, the negative developments that were happening over the weekend on how many people infected, how many people die, seem to be giving a little bit away to, is it a V-shaped recovery? Is it a U-shaped recovery? How much debt can America take on? How much debt can the world take on? Is it really truly an economy? If you're just printing money to get your way out of it, why not print money in the first place? I mean, there's so many philosophical questions, right? So the narratives out there that we're working with right now is kind of the way I approach this. The Titanic lending facilities that were putting into place by the Federal Reserve last Thursday are usually what the foundation of a bottom looks like. Have we had every single thing of a bottom hit? We're starting to hear from the Federal Reserve that we think we have to put a bazooka out there and use the word unlimited ammo. If you ever play a video game and you only get six rounds of a pistol or six shots in a round, or I don't know how that technically works. I'm not a gun guy, but you know, you better watch those numbers right quick. Like Clint Eastwood once said, did I shoot five or did I shoot six? The Fed said we got unlimited ammo. And that's crazy positive for the stock market. I know, I know, I know. It just gives it confidence. Again, one piece of the puzzle. If there's maybe a five-piece puzzle. The narrative of the economy is not going to bounce 
back immediately is starting to become a little bit more real for people. And that's a good thing. The more sober we get on when does the economy look like it did back in January or February, it should be a long way off and we should be happy if it gets accelerated. This is a narrative that shutdown measures could be placed. Uh, the narrative of the shutdown measures be in place until end of May seems to be the earliest. And I've heard realistically for California, large gatherings looks like Thanksgiving. So maybe that's our narrative right now. End of May, maybe start of May for some, all the way out till almost Christmas. Clearly, they would have different ramifications. And the bailout that has put in place will have been a band-aid that has long forgotten if it goes on through November. This is a big week for banks. A lot of bank stocks are going to be reporting numbers this week. And as they report, analysts are going to ask questions of, hey, you're a banker. You're lending money. The government's giving you money to lend. What uh, what are you seeing out there? We're going to need a lot of information Wednesday and Thursday. I don't expect it to be a fireworks kind of week. I feel we've put those in. Um, but do I expect the norm to be 300, 400, 500 either way? Yes. And again, if we were to go sideways for a period of time, I would say we've had a hell of a 10-year stock market with a not bad ending. When you piece together 2019 returns with the first half of 2020 returns because of that bounce back. Without that 30% bounce, I'd be like, meh, this isn't feeling so good. Do I expect worst case scenarios still to uh, come up? I, I have them in my head. Dow 18,000 is my worst, and that's when I buy more. Dow 30,000 is a wonderful utopian world, and I would probably be selling into that kind of idea or concept. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned, but you get the idea where I'm going at with here. So let's keep pushing forward. Um, JP Morgan is raising its borrowing standards for new home loans. I saw that memo went out over the weekend. They're trying to mitigate some of the increased credit risk that is starting to build with all of the money being lent, given to them to lend out to you. So if you're going to try to get a mortgage, and again, when you're using mortgages, you kind of run into two battles. The battle of what is the price of the home? Can it go higher? Can it go lower? And the battle of the mortgage. These are. This could be the best time ever to get a mortgage in your lifetime. Because right now, in the last 60 years, it's the best time ever in order to get a mortgage. I know, you're saying, but if I'm 60 and I was 20 when you start, I'm 80, I don't need a mortgage. That's true. That's true. Rates are low, and it's a teeter-totter. I like using the word teeter-totter. It's fun to say teeter-totter. It's also fun to eat tater-tots. So markets are a little bit lower today. Um, to start off, last night, just to show you how it works, about four in the afternoon, I was like, I'm going to take a look at Asia. And I turned on CNBC World. And uh, I watched that for a few hours just to see kind of what the, the analysts were saying. Watched a little bit of Bloomberg. We were looking at about a 250, 300 point down open on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And that's what we got. 
So, as you know, the world market started in Asia, then they moved to Europe, then they come to the United States. Then everyone's closed, and we wake up for the next day, start in Asia. You get the idea. eBay appoints former Walmart executive as their CEO. A little bit of an odd time to squeeze that in, but it's good to see business as usual. Again, I would love to get to more ideas and concepts where I'm not always talking about COVID, COVID, COVID. Success or failure starts at the top. A real big question for you is, can anyone turn around a brand that's a little bit, eh, 1990s, 2000s, 2010s? I don't know how you approach eBay, but it feels like it's a little, it, it seems like there should be other retail plays in my head. Now, again, maybe the CEO brings something totally magnetic and maybe he starts to figure out how can anyone truly compete with Amazon? Maybe it's a blend of Shopify, eBay, and FedEx. I don't know. Something's going to shake up the world. I can tell you that much. Markets are a little bit lower. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about COVID. We're going to talk about where to invest right here, right now. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Got lots of information at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. This is an interesting time because now the stories are starting to become non-COVID health, which I feel a big sigh of relief on because I'm not a doctor. So many people on TV are not doctors or epidemiologists or disease specialists or anything along those lines. And the droning messaging of repeating other people's ideas, especially when it's become very political Republican and or Democrat, it just stinks right now. I don't like hearing it. I'm sure you don't. Um, I hope we're in the right hands with governors who say stay in shelter, but we don't, I don't know. Um, Ford shares are falling. I got to use careful words right now. I don't want to use the word crashing or tumbling. Ford shares are following on a first quarter revenue warning. I say, remember when you were an elementary kid, duh. You go, I never, wow, they missed the earning. Wow, how could that happen? Well, we weren't really shopping for cars for the last six weeks. Ford expects a pre-tax loss of about $600 million, excluding $300 million in special items. Shares are down about 3% on the news. So you can kind of say they're baked into that. That bad news is baked in. Ford says it's got about $30 billion of cash on its balance sheet, including $15 billion of proceeds from borrowing last month against two existing lines of credit. So how fast can they burn through money? They expect a loss of about $600 million. They've got about $30 billion. Going into the first quarter of a turn of a shake the economy really as aggressively as you can, that doesn't look that bad if you're playing the idea that they could you know, have enough cash to outlast us. And again, I don't own Ford. Don't want to own Ford. Like I already started with, you know, other stocks in the segment or in the previous segment, eBay doesn't excite me. There's nothing that eBay can do to say, I want you to own me. I know. I quit you, eBay, in the, in the 90s and 2000s, early. 
So moving forward and finding more ideas and concepts, coronavirus is changing education, and I don't think that's going to be a bad thing in the long term. The amount of schools in America that had to get 21st century fast when they were shut down by governors or mayors, uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure. Google has a product called Google Classroom that kind of is the go-to thing for if you have five teachers to post their assignments, if you have one teacher to post the assignments to kind of interact with the parents. It's weird because a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, the argument was, do we let our kids have an email account? And the answer is hell yes. So I'm positive in the idea that coronavirus should ultimately leave a legacy of creating a better platform, more of a 21st century platform for our children. I knew this before, but I'm betting a lot of parents now know that TED Talks can be incredibly great for kids. Like, do you see where that can go? Just even in the simplest of concepts. And they've boiled down some TED Talks, just so you know, to like five-minute firefighters on the importance of like uh, understanding your community. So I'm excited. Not excited. There's some positive here. 800-516-1220. CFP Chad Burton is not working around the clock, but he's working close to around the clock. And he's put together a lot of good resources that are at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of questions right now. For instance, Social Security beneficiaries. Do you or do you not get a stimulus check? There's a lot of online resources dedicated to this, but I think one of the better ones right now shaping up is New Focus Financial. Anytime Chad puts out an idea, he gets me and other people, um, professional editors, to like take a look at the stuff and put together a good-looking package. You can go to newfocusfinancial.com and start downloading some of the coronavirus conditions and ramifications and how to get stimulus checks. The government right now is urging certain individuals to apply using a tool that will make sure they receive timely payments. So the IRS and the Treasury Department um, came up with a website. It's important to find this information and that you make your files and your claims. Um, I know a restaurant owner who's a little bit freaked out that part of the bailout, oh no, he's not a little bit freaked out, he's a lot freaked out, that a lot of the bailout money for small businesses, the Small Business Administration's loans that if you keep people on payroll, will it be forgiven? Will it not be forgiven? It'll likely be forgiven. Free money. I know a lot of small restaurants that are upset at big restaurants. Like, why is Cheesecake Factory applying for this? Aren't they bigger? Shouldn't they have saved more money? Isn't the small business the bloodline of the economy? I'm not getting into that. All I can tell you is there's a lot of programs out there, and the early bird catches the worm. You know the one area where I hate the early bird catches the worm? If you ever go to a decent resort, and I know you're saying, uh-oh, don't go into one of those moments where you're talking about how great your life is. If you ever go to a decent beach resort, and there's a pool, or there's a beach, and then you learn like on day two, wait, wait, I had to get up at 5 in the morning or 6 in the morning to get a lawn chair? And you're like, you're pissed, you're angry, <laughs> you're upset. Yes, there's something about exclusivity that I, I prefer over getting up at 6 in the morning. I know, I know. You're saying you're starting to sound privileged. Try not to. Amazon's going to hire 75,000 more workers as demand rises due to the coronavirus. Um, 
I've been checking on Amazon on occasion on things that I might want to restock on, on things that I might want to get. For instance, I'm using a fantastic microphone, but I'm like, what if it falls and breaks? Shouldn't I have another one? Because the other one is like, I sound like I'm on the moon. Um, big poem in the 1960s, and Whitey is on the moon. Um, talking about race relationships and how things have changed. I guess that's probably 70s, not 60s. But uh, the economic disbursements in our society coming right back up. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Billionaire and Shark Tank owner Mark Cuban, he's been very vocal in the recent weeks, which I think is fine. I think he's relatable for some people, and I don't think he says a lot of stupid stuff. Um, I think a lot of people used to say that about Trump. He was relatable. He was a, a millionaire who made himself a billionaire. They liked his straight talk approach. Whether that's true or false, yeah, I don't know, but Cuban seems to do a pretty good job of understanding business. And he's saying banks are playing themselves. They're being banks, and they're trying to determine if credits are good. Until we get through the friction, there's going to be a lot of issues, and there's going to be a lot of people laid off and a lot of companies that go out of business. So Cuban's not he's, – he's seeing kind of like that small business administration. He's seeing the banks right now changing the lending standards on mortgages, thinking – not thinking, knowing – that Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, they're not in the business of giving out loans stupidly. There is some risk mitigation between a higher quality loan and a lower quality loan, and our government wants you know everyone to have an opportunity for loans. But Cubans out there saying this is being bungled. The Paycheck Protection Program. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I did what all good Americans did yesterday. Obviously, it's Easter. Easter is a holiday that celebrates the Jesus Christ coming out of the cave and after his time away from being dead and coming back or something along those lines. It's the simplest way I can explain it and the simplest way that I know it because I'm not that smart. Um, but I watched a zombie movie yesterday in honor of, well, I'm not going to get into trouble here, but I watched a zombie movie called The Girl That Knew All the Answers. And it reminded me of, was it on Netflix? It was on Netflix, yeah. It was a British film, maybe two years old. And the point being, it was, it was a zombie film. It was a new take on an old twist. And like sometimes the zombies didn't even move. They were frozen and like, it doesn't matter. Netflix got two hours out of me. Good. Um, and I took a little bit of a break. I watched something on zombies and not about all the dread and the gloom and the doom with COVID. And when will the economy get going? And I think that's what Wall Street's looking at today. I could be wrong. Yeah, the Saudis and Russia got together and did an oil deal. Notice I didn't even talk about that for the first 30 minutes. I don't think it's that, that it's not that big of a deal. It's a historic oil production cut. It seemed to come at exactly the wrong time when the world was getting hit with COVID. It seems like the Saudis kind of put their hands together and like, let's get greedy here. The world's hurting. We can supply more oil than anyone else. Let's get ours. Oil prices are at 2286. 
I'm not going to feel good about the overall economy and be very clear about this. I have some ideas in my head where I feel better and better. One of them is when the 10-year treasury gets above 1%, and that's pathetic. I've lowered my standards to the point of that's pathetic. I used to be able to say on air at 1.5, like, yeah, that, that's, that's a really stressful number. We're beyond stress. The reality is we're, we're dead on in a recession. Again, how soon do we come out? Over the weekend, and this is what I'm thinking the market's emotionally feeling today. Over the weekend, we kind of learned that this COVID situation, as much as we want to say May 15th is going to be the day we come back and party, it may not happen. May 15th may be U.S. come out of your house day. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump wants to set up a parade June 1st, July 1st, whatever, that we're done. Like, boom, it's a big reopening. But we're starting to see it's probably going to be a little bit more rolling. China's still getting infections. I think they had 108 over the weekend, of which they said 98 came from foreign visitors. I'm like, who are these foreign visitors at this point in time? But I'm not going to get too into that. It seems to me that China's still kind of manipulating the data. 98 out of 108 being foreigners. So then we also saw in Taiwan, same thing, that, you know, once it looks eradicated, maybe it can leave a little bit of an opening. And that's going to leave our response in the hands of 50 different governors and how they want to reopen their states. And over the weekend, if you want to see how governors opening up their states looks like and, and how they feel about it, uh, de Blasio was like, hey, we're going to cancel school in New York City. And Cuomo, the governor of New York, is like, you don't get to call that. I call that. So it's a little dysfunctional right now to the point that there's some bad blood between Republicans and Democrats over human blood, ours, right? So when the 10-year treasure gets to one, I'm going to feel a little bit better. But again, that's a major compromise. The VIX is down to 44. When it gets to about 30, as we see it trend from 80 to 70 to 60 to 50, I'm, I'm, I'm saving some numbers here, to 40 to 35 to 30, that'll feel a little bit like, okay, this feels good. The dollar's a little bit too strong right now, considering we just printed trillions. I want to see the dollar get a little bit weaker. Crude oil, I want to see above $30 a barrel. Gold, I would love to see at 1600 Then I'm going to start feeling that some of these outliers people are giving up on. When we all head for the exits at the same time, it creates masses of inefficiencies. I want to see some of the outliers give up. And kind of join the party of, well, I'm going, you know, I'm no longer shorting the market. I'm going to cash. And then I'll make a decision to go long or to go short. These are some of the things I'm looking for. And it's not that crazy. Seeing Ford come out and warn, that's great. This is going to be a big week for Wall Street because the earnings calendar is chock full. Over the next three weeks, instead of talking about, do we have enough ventilators? I'm not trying to dismiss the value of ventilators. I'm not trying to dismiss the concept of how public radio should be able to be a positive in that world of influencing healthcare. But this is a business station, and I always got to remember that because that's what you're counting on before to give good information at a time when things are eh, a little on the stress side. So earnings are going to start coming out slowly but surely. 
Um, today, PM resources. Don't know. Tomorrow after the close, we get United Airlines. Ooh. Yes, please. Tomorrow before the open, we get JP Morgan. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. We get Wells Fargo, who's been riddled by scandals, who really hasn't recovered from the 2008 time period. One of Warren Buffett's big holdings has sat dormant for 10 years. What do they say? They got a new CEO. Their earnings expectations are in the toilet. Wednesday, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Charles Schwab, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley. Some big names. We also start getting some like regional, like Northwest bank shares. That'll give us a very big clue into, well, what's in the Northwest of the United States? Well, it's not New York City. That's Northeast. Northwest would be Seattle, the area that started getting hit hard first. Progressive, U.S. Bank Corp, United Healthcare on Wednesday. Wednesday before the open, United Healthcare. You do, don't think that when they report their numbers and they do their conference call, probably in the middle of the day, that we're not going to get some good insights into what they're seeing out there? After the close on Wednesday, Las Vegas hands. I don't care. They've been crushed. They have a lot of debt. And they've got no one to service it. No one's going gambling right now. The idea of holding your dirty cards after you touched them, no interest for me. And I can't wear a mask for legal reasons. I can't wear a glove. Like, there's things that are no bueno. So I don't care about them. I know it's bad. I'll come back to them later. If I want to go for long-term value right now, I'm going to probably go. And you remember last week I told you there's this guy who's really upset about Delta. And he's like, Buffett sold shares, but the stocks collapsed. I'm like, it's not just Buffett, dude. We're, we're, some of the factors are we see no demand. Some of the factors are you know the 737 max. Some of the factors are when demand comes back, everyone's going to be competitive going for the dollars, trying to service their debt. Um, and he's pissed about Buffett selling it, pulling the stock down. No, 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 no. It's, it's that we may not be flying as a nation aggressively or at full capacity again for two years. We know it's not going to be three months. We know it's going to be somewhere between three months and two years. So earnings season, I'm not going to say it's going to save my bacon because that sounds a little silly, especially after how much ham I ate yesterday. Ham, 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 ham. Um, Dow down now 500. I'm hoping that last week was constructive and that this week we can give a little bit back and we could start looking at the earnings and start making expectations properly uh, versus assumptions on those expectations. McDonald's down five today, down 2.55%. That seems like a big number, and it is a big number for someone like uh, McDonald's. Undeterred by the coronavirus pandemic, though, this is something I'm going to be looking forward to big time during earnings season. 5G. I'm looking into some 5G stocks right now, and that's all I can tell you. I'm always doing homework on it, but I want to hear, is AT&T going to roll out 5G this year? Mid-year 2020. And what they're saying so far is we've stated we will have 5G nationwide by mid-year, and we have not seen any change in that. So the chipsets are going to be sold. Will they be bought? Don't know. The chipsets go on the equipment on the receiving side. It goes into the broadcasting side. It goes in the transmission side. 
servers, you know, you name it. We're going 5G. You know, what's interesting is after we go 5G, I'm going to start looking at 6G. Because that's the way I work. You got to go next after that. So AT&T says they're still doing it. Remember we started this year thinking, okay, what's some exciting things to talk about? Web and online delivery of food. Well, that got a certain boost. Xbox, PlayStation, new games coming out later this year. Keanu Reeves is going to be in some sort of cyberpunk game that, that gamers are enthused about. Keep in mind, most of these, but not most of these video games. Let me be very careful when I retract that statement. Some video games make more money than, than major blockbuster movies. A lot more money. So that's part of our economy. So we're going to be taking a look forward on that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Fauci seems to be fighting a little bit with Trump, and Trump has retweeted a hashtag of fire Fauci. A lot of people think Fauci is the anchor in the storm at this point in time. That, there's things that could still upset the market, but they seem to be less shocking. Wow, Royal Caribbean down 13%. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Macy's down 9%. Cole's down 9%. This is a statement a lot of people don't think the economy is coming roaring back in a V-shape. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So I'm tying some stories together from segment to segment. AT&T said they're still committed to getting most of their network 5G capable by the middle of the year. Apple will have some new 5G phones at the end of the year. A lot of tech companies will have chips that are going into it, but will the demand be there? There's a phrase on, it's been tied to the Federal Reserve a lot where you can lower the cost of money, cheap, cheap, cheap. But trying to change demand is like pushing a string. It doesn't necessarily move it up. It just kind of bundles it all together. My producer, amateur economist, amateur stock guy, like he's not really paid attention to them his whole life or since he was 20, he's just starting to get into it. He's getting into the hackish area of it. He's like, I see the economy kind of like grinding. Okay. A lot of people have a lot of opinions right now. And there's a lot of truth that low oil could be low oil and we can go, woohoo, we got this stimulus to fly and drive and, and consume this, this commodity for half the price that we were paying two months ago. That should be a big like demand pusher. I've always wanted to go see the Grand Canyon. Fred Flintstone, Barney Rubble. Once drove uh, in an episode across a teeny, 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 tiny river on their way to Rock Vegas. And Barney says to Fred, hey, it ain't very much right now, but here in a couple thousand years, it's going to be quite grand. Um, so maybe that low, but it's not. It can't push demand, especially when some of our government is saying stay at home. Some of our government saying, you know, we want to open the, the floodgates. I, for instance, I saw D Disney and the Lani Hotels this weekend start taking reservations for June. I'm like. If I want to go to a Disney resort, this is probably the day to book it because they're guessing June's going to be when they reopen. And I got to imagine there's some pretty good properties or pretty good rooms still up for bed. And I got to imagine the flights are pretty much so expecting maybe this won't happen. But you can't push me. I want to spend and I will spend again. So I don't think we're going sideways. I'm waiting to spend. 
I've saved money pretty aggressively now for six weeks on restaurants. Restaurants are a horrible way to spend money. You can get a chicken breast for two of them for like five bucks, six bucks, or you can go and spend 40 bucks at a restaurant. Same thing with the steaks, right? They're, we know they're bad, and I know that I've tightened up um, some of my spending, but I can't wait, and I'm, I'm itching for it. So I don't think it's going to – if it's anything, it's going to be like a U with turbulence or a, a, a stretched-out U that becomes a V. Um, but again, lots and lots of talk about it, and everyone has their opinion, and everyone's entitled to it. You know, I'm not going to say go, you know, go blow just because of that. All up to you. Uh, data on Gilead's COVID-19 drug is positive. It's a little inconclusive. Remsdevir seems to be helping about 60 to 70% of people on it, unless you were kind of already on that ventilator stage, then kiss your hiney goodbye. Remsdevir may, may not work, but it seems to be helping. So Gilead is a company that I would own or consider owning, even non-COVID. And that's the lesson that I want to get out real quick. I gave you a health lesson. I'm trying not to. Hey, it's 60% effective. You know, small study of 100 people, 53 patients included in the analysis. Seven of them died after 18 years. But still, it's a pretty good number. 68% saw great improvement. Would I own Gilead? I would. But like I said, I would own it before this as well. There's a lot of companies out there who got their start in biotech and they bought other biotech companies. They bought other developmental technology companies. And they're they're loaded as far as things like, you know, bring on the next pandemic. We'll figure out a way to get that one, you know. Cuomo out of New York was saying a lot of stuff today. He goes, we're going to get through this. And it's funny because two months ago, the message we were getting was one person's going to die. Now we're talking, we're going to get through this. And still the statistics are, we're going to get through this. One of the more interesting things that I've seen really crop up in this uh, last month on my side of the fence is government officials owning stocks and some of them selling them knowing that things were about to get out of hand. But did they do it because they're knowing or did they just do it because we do that every year at this time? Or we started a policy this year that we're going to do it every year. Oh, that's kind of fishy. But I, I love debates like that. I love it when you get in on the that pisses me off angle or oh, I really don't mind that. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos disclosed an early March financial transaction valued at millions of dollars in a limited partnership that provides cloud services to health related firms. Now, that's incredibly fishy, but I don't know. She sold interest in a limited partnership known as NC Mighty Co-Investor Beta. Wow. Do the wealthy people and do the privileged people really get into some of these investments? It's called the NC North Carolina Mighty Co-Investor Beta. Never heard of it. Um, at valuations between 5 and $25 million per pop. And again, it's all about ethics at this point in time. Or something like that. But it brings it does bring in the question of like investing. Oil is rising day after OPEC and allies agree to a historic production cut. I don't feel that this is a major driver story right now. Clearly oil companies have been hit. And this should help somewhat as far as the producers and the drillers. 
um, outside of Saudi Arabia. But Saudi Arabia did what was in Saudi Arabia's best interest. They're trying to stay the, the king, and that, I use that with a slip of the tongue. They're trying to stay the king of supplying oil to the world. Um, so we're fixing things a little bit here and there, but it does feel a little bit like a boy in the dike where, oh boy, another crack's coming. Right now, or could be coming. I don't want to scare people. Russell 2000 is down 2.8%. The NASDAQ's down 1%. The SP 500 down 2%. The Dow's down 2.2%. That is way less volatile than being down 6% at this point in time, or 7%, or 8%. This isn't normal, but it's looking a lot more like it's moving in that direction. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't be shy with your questions. Um, a lot of great downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com.